Clubber Lang is a big fan of our podcast, and he was actually once quoted saying that he pities the fools who are not listening to our breakdown of the legendary Eye of the Tiger from Rocky III on today's episode of That Song from That Movie. Bum, dum, dum. Dum, dum. Thank you for joining that song from that movie, The Journey Through the Very Best and Worst of Movie Songs. I am your Apollo Creed crop top wearing host, Dietrich, and today we're joined by the baddest man on the planet, Alex. <laughs> I'm, I, I, f- I feel like we're back into uh, compliment territory there. That I, I'm taking that as a compliment. Oh yeah, he's, de- he's definitely meant it as a compliment. Yeah. So it's like, baddest rather than baddest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Very right. Yeah. 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 And we're also joined by a paper champion and a fool. Ben. Uh, I mean, if if Mr. T called me a fool, and maybe I'm speaking for everyone, I wouldn't be that mad. Do people pay for that on Cameo? Uh, probably. <laughs> I'd pay for it. Yeah. If someone said £50, Mr. T calls me a fool. Sign me up. Mm. It's probably more than £50. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. Curious. So what have I been watching this week? I watched a very weird film called Baby Teeth. You just don't know. No. Yes, it's, yes, it's the, uh, the origin story <laughs> of that song. No, it's like a weird Australian... I can't even. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a slice of life film. Ben Mendelsohn's in it. There you go. That's it. By slice of life, do you mean a slice of cake? Yeah, it's all about cake. <laughs> Baby cake. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's good though. Watch it. It's on Netflix. You're not going to watch it, are you? Mm, probably not. <laughs> what about you, Alex? I did watch the first half of the film Moomins on the Riviera, which is uh... a. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. If you guys have not seen it, I recommend it. It's on Amazon Prime. There's a lot of um, surreal gags in there, <laughs> even though it's a children's film. It's uh, it's quite interesting. Other than that, I've been watching this TV show this week called Cabins. Are you guys aware of this? No. Nope. No. Is this the like Love Island thing? Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's oh, it's trashy. It's like it's so trashy. But it's like these two like couples like go into a cabin and they have to they sort of see how the romance blossoms and if every twenty four <laughs> hours they get asked if they want to stay or leave the cabin. It's not great. It's not great. But but life is <laughs> life is uh, harder than moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad uh, I'm glad that lockdown's treating you well, Alex. <laughs> Just <laughs> bolt slowly unscrewing from every part. Dee, did you watch anything? <laughs> Yeah, I watched what apparently is one of the most popular original movies on Disney Plus. Phineas and Ferb, Candice Against the Universe. I've no, never watched Phineas and Ferb. It's good. It is good. Like, the TV show's good. But uh, yeah, this, this movie just wasn't very good, to be honest. It was a disappointment, and I was surprised to then l- later find out that it's one of the most popular Disney Plus movies. But if, if you ever want to find something to watch on Disney Plus and you've watched Gravity Falls three or four times already, just stick on Phineas I mean, and I, Ferb. Yeah, I definitely have because Gravity Falls is amazing. Yeah, that needs a movie. Why did they not make more Gravity Falls? I don't know, but I think it works. That it's only two series and it comes to an actual conclusion. I think mm. it sort of earned its ending quite well. Yep. Yeah, keep. We should stop wanting sequels and more things. Agreed. <laughs> no more Moomins films. Well, well, well. What about Moomins on the Riviera too? Why are they going? Well, I suppose if they're doing well enough to go once. Would it not be called Two Mins? <laughs> Probably where we draw the line. Why aren't you working for these companies, Dave? <laughs> Surely that should have been self evident. Today's episode is the anthemic Eye of the Tiger from Rocky 3. So, to find out what happened in the world when Rocky 3 came out, over to you, Ben. 
Yes. So let's go back to May 1982, and gentlemen, we are at war. As we seem to always be when I do this. Or maybe that's just we're always at war in general. Maybe that's a deeper discussion for another time. Anywho, the Iron Lady and enemy of the working class, Margaret Thatcher, had to unfortunately pause her feast on the hearts of Northerners to take back, in air quotes, the Falkland Islands that had been invaded by the Argentine army the month prior. Britain and Argentina spent the month of May in undeclared war before the latter surrendered the territory on the 14th of June the next month. Apparently that's what led to her re-election, but I wasn't alive. I have just heard many disgruntled relatives talking about it. <laughs> to go on to the Falklands War, though, I think we once had a supply teacher, and he said he'd served in the Falklands <laughs> War. Do you remember this, Ben? And he said, yes, I do, and he yeah. spoke for about 20 minutes about how they were trained to throw satsumas through breeze box. <laughs> <laughs> but why? <laughs> why would anyone need It's to? like some sort of like one-inch punch, like some sort of Kill Bill breaking through the coffin. <laughs> It's like, well, once, you've, once you reach divinity and enlightenment, which once you can throw a satsuma through a breeze block. In other news, the Pope Mobile graces the hallowed ground of the M62 as John Paul II makes the first ever visit of a Pope to the United Kingdom. Uh, the trip was almost cancelled twice, mostly due to the ongoing Falcons War. But after an agreement with Liverpudlian Archbishop Derek Walcott, he agreed to go ahead as long, and I'm not even just making this up, as long as he did not have to meet Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> the Pope, John Paul II, he survived an assassination attempt the year before, so he was very wary about going out, and obviously he did not feel up to the task of having to meet Satan on the trip. No. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Uh, and the finally non-Margaret Thatcher-related uh, news, uh, Johnny Marr turns up on the doorstep of Stephen Morris's house to ask if he would be interested in starting a band. Uh, and he said no. <laughs> <laughs> and the Smiths and it happened. <laughs> yes, and that started the Smiths. What, him saying no? <laughs> no, apparently he said yes. Oh, apparently. apparently. Basically, apparently. I think, well, as as is very, as is very sort of typical of Johnny Marr and Morrissey, uh, they bonded over their love of poetry. And then Morrissey realised, I don't like the name Stephen. I ban you from using it. And he became the lovable figure we know today. <laughs> oh yeah, very lovable. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, also in May 1982 was the release of Rocky 3. So, for those unaware, Rocky 3 is the third instalment of the Rocky series and is an American sports drama film written and directed by Sylvester Stallone. It's the second in the franchise to be directed by Stallone and the film revolves around, yes, you guessed it, Rocky Balboa after his recent success in beating Apollo Creed to become the world heavyweight champion. After a few easy title defences, Rocky settles into his riches and prepares for an early retirement, only to have the arrogant contender Clubber Lang throw a spanner in the works, setting up for one more challenge to our Italian stallion. So have you guys seen this film? Yes. Yeah, I've seen it, yeah. Not recently. Is this a... Well, that was going to be the next question. So Alex, you've not seen it recently, D? I watched it yesterday. Good Again. man, you took up my uh, Amazon Prime <laughs> link. Yeah, well, I'd already seen it, and I, I think my main thought from watching it yesterday was, this movie is so much better than I remember it was. Uh, do you think so? Yeah. Is this Wait, is this just because of Hulk Hogan? I mean, that's a big part of it, sure. Well, no, because oh. Hulk Hogan's a racist. <laughs> well, tr well, yes, true. <laughs> I, I do wonder if it's sort of a case of when I watched the, all these Rocky films, the, the five as it was at the time, when I was, I don't know, 16, 17, I watched them all in a go. But just watching this one out of the blue, I wonder if that's why it felt better, because it didn't have quite the baggage of going, I've just watched a really good film and a quite good film. 
sort yeah, of probably. thing. So you like this film? I, I do now. Well, actually, when you picked it, I thought, oh, it's not a very good film. And now I'm going, that was a really good film. It's a very natural, uh, it's like a natural progression and, and conclusion to Rocky's story. If there wasn't like <laughs> another five movies after this. <laughs> Alex, what do you think? From memory, I felt like, like Dee did, that this was not one of the better ones. I feel like it was better. It's definitely better than Rocky Five, but I remembered one, two, and much. four being the the three best ones. But I don't know if that's just because four is more memorable because of Ivan Drago and Apollo Creed dying, <laughs> etc. Spoilers. Spoilers. So I don't know if that one just sticks in the mind. Well, I, rem- I all I really remember about this one is Hulk Hogan and Mr. T, and that's kind of it. <laughs> but then when I was watching clips of it, I was like, this it feels like a really well. <laughs> scripted film, you know, it feels quite tightly put together. And I was like, I was watching the intro part. Well, I think much like you, I was like, this seems better than I remembered it. Not that I watched the full film again yesterday, but I did watch clips, like I said. It's like it fe- just by watching the clips, it feels better than I remember, and actually feels like yeah. it seems to make a lot of sense <laughs> from the to progress from the second one to this one. I don't know. I mean, maybe I should rewatch it, but it, I kind of, I do really get what you're saying there, D. Definitely. There is a lot I do like about it. I think it takes a, a long time to get to where it's going. Like, I do feel like the start, sort of maybe the first 40 minutes is just like an episodic adventure of Rocky until you kind of get to the thing, okay, he's supposed to be washed up. He's supposed to, not washed up necessarily, he's supposed to be resting on his laurels. He's been playing it easy. He's getting comfortable. And then Clubberland comes in as kind of the representation almost of a younger Rocky of kind of having the fire and drive and trying to get that back. It seems a logical step for a third film. I just don't know, compared to the first two, if it adds a lot. I think it's fine. And, you know, in these kind of films, you don't expect the third one to have a lot more. But it's definitely watchable. And Mr. T, I mean, he's great, isn't he? He's absolutely great. It's the best thing since the TV is cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) He just plays himself. Well, he plays the character of Mr. T, I suppose. Yes, but did you know this was his first... Our first introduction of Mr. T. Was it? Yeah, it was basically. He might have been known in sort of inner circles, but this was his first sort of on-screen big appearance. It was before the A-Team. I assumed he was referencing the A-Team. Yeah, I thought he was wrestling into no, no. just like that was the outfit, the B.A. Baracus outfit that he was wearing. He's outside with the feather earrings and stuff. Yeah, and he doesn't get on a plane. Does he not get on a plane? It's all in Philly. You don't, don't need a plane to get from one side to the other. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. You know, if you're living the life. No, so Rocky three came out in 1982, and the A-Team started in 83, so just straight afterwards. Wow, okay. So, no, this is our introduction to the enigma that is Mr. T. Did people know what Mr. T did before acting? Um, Bodyguard. I was going to say bodyguard. Was he a bodyguard? More or less, yeah. He was a bouncer. Bouncer. He was a bouncer initially, then became bodyguard for very well-known figures. He's protected well-known personalities such as Muhammad Ali, Steve McQueen... Michael Jackson, Joe Frazier, Diana Ross, and apparently he would charge between $3,000 to $10,000 per day. So he obviously had this sort of hard man persona, but he obviously was really, really good at his job. Really savvy as well. Or he was was basically throwing out these lines, like, I pity the fool that people just love to have him around. (laughs) (laughs) Which, is that how he got into Hollywood then? The fact that he was just known by all these people? I couldn't find the connection, but it makes sense, doesn't it? It does seem to make sense. Yeah, if he's got so many connections and, you know, they're spreading the name, Hollywood is about who you know. So yeah, it's definitely was that. There's lots of wrestling connections in this film, obviously. Mr. T is a Hall of Famer. Yes. 
And also, yes, Hulk Hogan, who was at the probably at the height of his time. I don't know. You guys might be more familiar with when he was popular within WWE. Yeah, the 80s. Well, the 80s is definitely his, his era. Early 80s, this is yeah. it. Yeah. Thunderlips. Thunderlips. I was going to say, what a brilliant oh name. And how amazing is that full scene, by the way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that, it, it's, it's very good. Uh, it also just kind of reminds me just how huge he was. Well, that was the thing. I took away how, the size difference between Hulk Hogan and Sylvester Stallone is, is monstrous. Like, he's, like, three times the size. I thought it was quite hard to track, because every single time you went to a different shot, it was clearly not sliced alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's also probably that, yeah. There's a part um, right at the end of the fight where they're both still in the ring and people separate him, and he's just, like, he's towering above him. Yeah, he, he's got a good foot on him, hasn't At he? least. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember some of Thunderlips' nicknames? What, when he comes into the ring? Yes. How could you have more nicknames than Thunderlips? Like, why would you need to go and be have to say what they are? Well, I mean, he he enters as the ultimate male, <laughs> which, to be honest, it doesn't doesn't yeah. He's probably Hulk Hogan wrote this about himself. The ultimate object of desire, <laughs> recruit Macho Mountain, Macho Man, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the worst of all, obviously, is that he's accompanied by three women that he calls his love slaves. <laughs> <laughs> now this 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 is very eighties. It's very Hulk Hogan. It's very wrong. But you know, as is the eighties, the main problem is that he's just a he's a Big old meanie, but Sylvester Stallone does stop to get a picture with him, which seems to be the main aim of the thing, of the scene, sorry. Well, it is a charity fight. It is a charity Well, I mean, for a, lar- a large part of it, you don't think it's going to be a charity fight. <laughs> Hulk Hogan looks like he's actually going to, or oh, Thunderlips, sorry, he's going to rip his head off, yeah. while uh, Clubber Lang's in the audience just staring. <laughs> Much like he is for the entire opening sequence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How does he keep affording tickets to these boxing events? By the way? And they're all over the world. It's like, oh, he's in Europe now. And Papa Lang is at everyone. Yeah, yeah. Actually, so maybe he did get on a plane? Yeah. My mistake. Well, presum- well unless he got like, yeah, a boat, a ferry <laughs> across the Atlantic Ocean. No wonder Rocky's trainer's um, scared all the time. <laughs> he's just <laughs> always there. So yeah, unfortunately, the film never lives up to its opening because that is the best part of the film. And that is the first few minutes. Yeah. The first few minutes of the film when we are introduced to a classic Rocky montage, to which over the top we hear the thumping rock classic, Eye of the Tiger. For those of you who are unaware, the song, Eye of the Tiger, by Survivor, was recorded at the direct request of Sylvester Stallone himself. And obviously this is the theme song for the film. It was written by Survivor guitarist Frankie Sullivan and keyboardist Jim Petterick for their third album, Eye of the Tiger, which was released one day after the Rocky Three soundtrack. We all know this song, don't need to ask that, but what do you think of it? I think uh, when we did the Rocky One episode, we kind of discussed, didn't we, how this is actually probably the song that most people would associate with Rocky just generally. Yes. And then probably a lot of people would not know that it doesn't come into the franchise until the third film. Yeah. I mean, the song, I mean, it's... What can I don't really know what you can say about it other than it's just instantly recognisable just from the intro, the, the little ding, 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 you know, like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And lots of power chords come in, don't they? Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, it's just like everybody knows the song. I think it gets played everywhere, like clubs, like nightclubs, bars, whatever. So I think you just you can't get away from it. It's just I think the word anthemic has been used a few times already. Like but it is. if someone gave you the word anthem, you had to come up with a list. This would probably be on it. Yep. It's it's one of those classic sort of um, dad's driving power ballad playlists. It's on every Top Gear album. It's on every Top Gear album, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think, Dee? Well, first, 
it's going to be very nice not to get a deluge of Twitter comments asking why we didn't cover Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> really? Is that is that common? Well, when we did the first one, it was just, oh, Eye of the Tiger's the best song from Rocky. Oh, it's right. It's okay. not in it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the song obviously is fantastic. But can we talk about the scene it's used in? Of course you can. Because that might be one of, if not the best, most incredible pieces of exposition and story progression <laughs> in a movie ever. How long is the song? Like three, three and a half minutes, maybe? Yeah, basically. Yeah, and it manages, I've written it down here, it manages to cover who Clubber Lang is, his motivation, his tenacity, and ensures the audience see him as a legitimate threat to Rocky, whilst we're also seeing the aftermath of Rocky 2, how it's affected Rocky's life, professionally and personally, with Adrian and Mickey. And we also get to see how Philly sees Rocky's stardom now. That's like 30 minutes worth of content. <laughs> and it doesn't, you don't, you don't get lost in it. It's so well to put together. <laughs> That's the direction yeah. of Sylvester Sloan for you. The best montage till up. <laughs> it is a great. It is weird to almost start a film with a montage, but I, I do kind of agree with you that it, it, it's so well done in this film. Like, I, feel, I feel like you don't have to see any of the rest of the film up until the part where he's training with Apollo Creed, and then just take it from there. You could literally just watch that scene, the bit where um, Mickey's sort of saying, no, don't do it, don't do it, kid, sort of thing. <laughs> he's getting beat! <laughs> That, the Apollo Creed uh, training, and then just go straight to the final fight. You don't even need the rest of the movie, because the uh, montage at the beginning is so well put together. And it, it uses split screens. That's already, like, a bonus point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't remember it that much. I was so enamoured by the song that was going on. Having to Watching this, I think I watched this about half past midnight the other night. Then up for a lot longer, because, yeah, I'm pumped. I mean, like I say, it's all downhill from there. I don't know if it's all downhill. <laughs> no, it's not all downhill, but it's definitely downhill. It's a soft <laughs> slope, at least. <laughs> but then it, then it peaks back up at the very last scene. I don't know. It's one of those things. I think, as I've gotten older, just watching the Rocky fights, nobody knows defence. <laughs> They're just smacking each other in the face, aren't they? There's a part in yeah, the montage like... where he jumps and punches somebody. <laughs> he, he literally does, yeah, jumps yeah, yeah. towards him and punches him in the face. <laughs> yep, EA Haymaker. Yeah, there's, there's parts during the final fight where if that boxing referee actually did his job properly the match would have already been over <laughs> yeah well i also think that we're just the uh, the wrestling match against hulk hogan i mean what's the point of this ref <laughs> so it, it's obviously a well-loved song for the three of us but yeah, yeah survivor how many other survivor songs can we name no other songs and i've never i've never once thought about seeking out more <laughs> there has to be one other survivor song you know does there um it's called eyes of the tiger have you seen rocky four Yes. Do you know what the theme song for Rocky Four is? No idea. Do you what know the song fire? Burning Heart? Maybe. After this, and to, everyone at home, just listen to Burning Heart, you know it. That is the theme song for Rocky Four. Sylvester Sloan was obviously so enamoured by Survivor, or at least this song anyway, that he felt like they needed to come back. And obviously it doesn't hit the same heights, but <laughs> you'll you'll know it 100%. Can, can we talk about Survivor and, and in, in specifically the, the music video for the song? <laughs> yes, please do, Alex. Is there a band out there more entirely void of screen presence and natural charisma than this band? <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I went through like seven Survivor songs after this. Some of the videos are so cringy. There's one where he's basically stalking a girl in like a library and Red flag. It's supposed to be one of those sort of like, you know, like I think like Wham Last Christmas where it's George Michael looking longingly at a woman, but he's doing the same thing and it just looks incredibly perverse. <laughs> <laughs> God, I, there's, there's a part in the video where like the backdrop is like foil curtain just like rippling. <laughs> so the fact that you said that Sylvester Stallone sort of commissioned it almost, it shocks me how low budget the video is. Because I was like, they can't have expected this to be a hit. 
And they they all look incredibly awkward, like they've never filmed a music video before. <laughs> Apparently, Sylvester Stallone approached Survivor. He'd heard a few of their songs, and they weren't a big name at all before this song. I think they'd had one top 40 single, and this was their third album. Apparently the first one's a bit jazzy, (laughs) so they obviously took them a while to find their motif. But Sylvester Stallone actually wanted Queen's Another One Bites the Dust, and he approached Queen, but they refused to license it for the film. So he actually went to try and find an original song. It was the right choice. I mean, would it? Do you think it would have worked over the top? I mean, obviously we've been now given a much superior song, in my opinion. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a superior song. Don't another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. Yeah, I do. You? But do I don't think it would have worked. I don't know if it would have worked as well. No. Still quite power chordy, isn't it? It is, but it is. It's kind of uh, stripped back, isn't it? And that was the whole thing with that yeah. song. And it, it does have a bit of a pounding rhythm, but I think not in the same way that I the Tiger does. That it sort of just really sets up that sort of passion. I mean, Rocky Three did very well. I think it was like the at the time. I think it was the second biggest selling film of the year. And I have the Tiger, as in the single, was number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for six weeks, which is pretty good for a rock song. Even though rock was yeah. bigger at the time, it's still that's pretty phenomenal. It also got to number one here in the UK and in Australia. The band never reached the same heights again. Whoa. I think they, <laughs> I think they had they had more top tens and top forty singles from this album. So the album did very well, but that was it. And one fact and tidbit that I did read: Dave Bickler, who was the lead singer at this time, the guy that we have seen in these videos, he got vocal nodules and needed an operation. But the other band members wanted to tour, so they just kicked him out. Nice. While he was having his operation and got a new singer. So that was the end of their uh, long-standing career, basically. They never really had any more hits. Well, they sound like a great group of guys. Don't yeah, they? well, I, well, they are laughing at him in that video. I can't hold back as he's trying to um, mack and Zilieber. <laughs> I Have Tiger was also quite successful in the awards. It won Survivor a Grammy, a People's Choice Award, and had them nominated for the Academy Award. Ooh. Do you know what it lost out to? 1982. Go on. Uh, Up Where We Belong from Officer and a Gentleman, yeah. which is a tune. It is a tune, isn't it? I think Eye of the Tiger is better, personally, but that is a song. You can see why they've picked it. Yeah. Which would you have gone with? Eye of the Tiger? No question. <laughs> I think they weren't the right choice. Have you never imagined being picked up by Richard Gere in a uh, sailor's outfit, do you? Similar, but it was Mr. T in, the, in my, in my <laughs> dreams. <Yep. laughs> I have a question about the film. I want your guy's opinion. Go for it. So Apollo Creed, he's in better shape, yep. physically and mentally. So why is he not fighting Club Alang? I mean, does, does Apollo Creed get a rematch? Because he didn't seem to have one, did he? <laughs> he gets a rematch, Alex. Ding. Yeah, but <laughs> a secret rematch. I think, don't they say in Creed who won? No, they? Creed? I've not seen Creed. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, apparently Apollo Creed won that fight. Of course. Yeah. Look, as DJ just said, he's in better shape. He's, he's got better mental conditioning. <laughs> I mean, Eye of the Tiger was a quintessential song on my iPod growing up. Do you know the difference between the released version, which we probably heard since, and the version in the film? There's one key ingredient that's different. This might not be the answer, but I did feel like it was a lot more whiny, like <laughs> singing in the movie version. Nope, that's just you thinking that. It starts with the normal Rocky theme, doesn't it? And then goes into Eye of the Tiger. Is that the difference? Nope, nope, nope. No. It's, it's a lot more hilarious. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot more tiger growls in the film version. <laughs> 
What, they took them out for the released version? Yeah, basically, yeah. Because the, the, fi- the version in the film was the demo version, and they obviously remastered it for their album. The film version has lots of tiger growls thrown in for good measure, just to accentuate the uh, just the raw testosterone that's being shown. <laughs> Does the actual re- released single version have any tiger roars in it? I can't... F- I, f- I feel like I can't remember any happening. The version I had on my iPod had no tiger roars. Right. I'll just Sounds say like I am going to have to delete the version exactly. on my Spotify yeah. playlist and find the movie version. Yeah, sounds yeah. much better. <laughs> but yes, it does go the bill because Bill Conti, the guy who did the original "Gonna Fly Now," mm-hmm. he did this soundtrack as well. But people are only going to remember the Survivor song. Sorry, Bill, you've been. But what done. about the the slightly disco version of "Gonna Fly Now"? The beach is a little montage. Um, <laughs> tr- well, he's always got that. He's always got that. After watching the film, I went back, listened to it a few more times on YouTube, because who wouldn't? And I decided to just kind of scour through the comments to see what other people thought. And there is a general view that this is a pump-up song. This is an exercise workout song. This is the perfect montage song, but it's just something that energises people. And I've kind of got general comments that kind of fit in with that from some of the beautiful, beautiful people that grace the YouTube comment section. Would you like to hear some, gentlemen? Yes, please. Okay, here we go. I'm an overweight man, but this song makes me want to go out for a run, but I can't because it's locked down. It's <laughs> a good reason. <laughs> and this is sort of in air commas. This is me and the boys on our way to fight against Trump supporters in the second American Civil War. <laughs> Very topical. This this is a great one. I'm happy people are still listening to this song, even though it's 12 years old. <laughs> that was written 18 hours ago. <laughs> Is that when the video was put on YouTube? I, I checked, but it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to be. Just I don't know what that guy's doing. The last one. This is what the gummy vitamin I had ten years ago is listening to when my body is fighting coronavirus. <laughs> I love that image. I'd see an Osmosis Jones version of the, of Osmosis Jones two where he's fighting coronavirus. Oh, In fact, Jesus. no, I don't want any more Osmosis Jones films. Scratch that, please. <laughs> too late now, Ben. Too late. Someone at Netflix has heard you. <laughs> Uh, well, Chris Rock probably doesn't need the money. So, obviously, some of those comments fitted with what I was saying, that this is often seen as a quintessential workout song. But I scoured the internet, and I found a poll of 2,000 British people, in inverted commas, <laughs> that were asked... The British or the people? Uh, mm, I don't know. It wasn't the People yeah. magazine. It's a magazine I will not say because I don't like to know that I've used them online. They were asked, what are the best workout songs of all time? So, gentlemen, I have a top five, Ooh. and I want you to tell me what you think they are. Where was the poll from? 7th of December, 2020. Ooh. I'm, I'm up to date. I'm up to date. I'm topical. I'm not just Margaret Thatcher jokes. D, do you want to go first? Have you got any? Um, I don't really have any suggestions here, because I don't really listen to music when I very rarely work out. <laughs> so, Eye of the Tiger? Eye of the Tiger is second on the list. <laughs> my, my thought was Call on Me of Eric Brits. Just because of the video. <laughs> it might work for you, Alex, but it doesn't work for the British people. Oh, me. Um, what about the song from Flash, Flash Dance? Uh, the song of... No. I think you're probably assuming there's a certain genre of people <laughs> working out. I, I'll give you... The top three are all quintessential rock songs. The fourth one is a... What you class as a rap song. The fifth one is, I mean, so a surprising pop song. Uh, bon Jovi. No. But you're on the right lines. As in, think of those anthemic rock songs. Terrible guys. It's honestly. something by Queen. Something by Queen. Yes, we will yes, rock number oh, one. We yeah, we will rock we you. Are, there you go. Yeah. We one. are the champions. Well, no, we got number one. No more Queen. Queen's gone. We will rock you, number one. I have a tiger, number two. Number three, I think we might have seen them live, or they were supposed to come live, but they were late. What? Lead singers and anag- got names and anagram of oral sex. Oh, Guns N' Roses. Yes. Um, uh, welcome, welcome to the jungle. jungle. Welcome to the jungle. My gosh, this is, ch- this is a chore. What's sad? 
Yeah, well, I know. <laughs> but like, I'm giving you the clues we were, of our life. You've seen how I look, Ben. I do not work out. <laughs> all right. Okay, fourth song. Rap song. California Dream. No, what's, okay, what's one of the biggest rap songs of all time? Uh, Swimming by Eminem. Yes. <laughs> this real, real some shady. Oh, A Mile. Lose Yourself. Well, yes, Lose Yourself. Fantastic. And now the fifth one. You know what? We're not going to continue this podcast until you get it. And I'm, I'm saying that because I honestly don't know what clues to give because I don't know why this is on the list at this point. What, is it very modern? No, it's... Uh, all right, I'm just going to have to give you a very obvious clue. It's a Kelly Clarkson song. Since you've been gone. No. Stronger. Yes. <laughs> what doesn't kill you in brackets? I can see it. I can see you working out to The other four wants to show, I don't know how you could work out to We Will Rock You. It's very slow-paced. Well, maybe because it's literally like a minute and a half long, so maybe that's just the length of time people can work out in this Whereas, country. Call Me by Rick Prince. Yeah, Alex, I'm scrolling down and I can't see it. I can see Move by Ludacris, though. That's a, that's a great one. So now it's time for the ultimate question. Movie or song, either Tiger vs. Rocky 3. Alex, go first. Uh, I think I feel like I, I'm, I'm going to have to say song on this. I haven't seen the film in a long time, so maybe that's not a completely fair judgment. But I have seen it. The song's better. <laughs> even if it, even if the film got ten times better since the last time I saw it, the song would still disappear. Yeah, I mean, even watching it the other day, there's, there's enough Rockies. I mean, how many is there? <laughs> Counting the Creeds, there's like eight? Fifty, I think. Yeah, 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 basically. Looking forward to Rocky X. Yeah, I have the Tigers, an absolute banger. And that's what I think about in this list. You could not get rid of it. I can get rid of Rocky Three. It has no lasting effect. You know, sure, what's his name dies? Mickey. Mickey. Oh, well. That opening scene, though. That opening scene. Yeah. This song is in itself like is it's a song from the third film of a franchise that's about eight films, and it's still come out above the full franchise and be like known as the song from Rocky. It's the franchise song, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway? Which is quite incredible, really. But this one for me, I feel like it's similar to. Oh, what was it called? The film with Daniel Radcliffe and... Um, Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man, where if our podcast was called that scene with that song from that movie, I'd pick the scene. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to recite that Twitter handle, D. I'm sorry. <laughs> so because I can't go for the scene, I've got to go for the song, because it's in that order. Do you think this song is better than all the Rocky films? Um, I would much rather listen to the song again than have to watch all the Rocky films. Saying that, I've not seen the Creed films, so... Oh, D. Watch the Creed films. We'll do it at some point I actually, in the podcast. I, I think I actually shed a tear in the first Creed film, and I was shocked that I did that. I'm clearly not having <laughs> not in the best was? of my, myself. <laughs> no, I, the first Creed film, I think, is a really good film. The second one is just, it's a, it's a sequel. <laughs> but the first one, I think, is really good. To go back to your, to your question, Ben, about the song being bigger than the Rocky films, I, my answer to that is no, because I don't think the song is anything without the franchise behind it, in a lot of ways. Yeah, because the the connection that people have with that song, like even like you said, like with working out and stuff, that's because it's in the film about boxing where there's like montages of people working yeah, out. Yeah, so. it's in a sports mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, so it only really works in that context, and only is elevated because of that context. Without it, it probably wouldn't. Have, I mean, it could well not have even been a success. In fact, I think it probably wouldn't have been. I'll take that. So essentially, it's song all round. Yes, <laughs> it's a jam. Versus the third one. If it was that song from that franchise, franchise. Yes. Thank you for joining us today. Let us know which one you think is better out of the song in the movie, either Tiger or Rocky 3. It's probably going to be the song, but Twitter has surprised us, eh, Ben? It definitely has, D. And where can you surprise us on Twitter? TSFTM pod. Thank you. So you can help out the podcast in a couple of different ways. You can do it on Reddit by sharing this to what subreddit, Alex? Um, ooh, I was going to say Bill Conti, but I don't know if you'd like that. What's the name of the guy who was kicked out of Survivor, Ben? The guy who was kicked out of Survivor? Oh, I forget his name. Uh, <laughs> Daniel... See, oh, that Survivor, you, you've been successful. You've made me forget him. <laughs> Dave Bickler. Dave Bickler. <laughs> the Dave Bickler subreddit. There you go. 
I'm sure that I'll have a lot of people on it. Just Dave. You can also help us out on Patreon. It starts from as little as a pound a month or $1.50, depending on where you are in the world. You can do it on patreon.com forward slash TSFTM. Uh, there is tiers that allow you to uh, get your clip on the podcast, and you could have told us what you thought of either Tiger, but it's too late now. You have to wait for Hearts on Fire. And we don't <laughs> care anyway. Whoa, whoa. All the people giving us money already, we definitely do care. Oh, no, we no. We care when they've given it, but I don't care that they've not given it. Oh, right. Okay, good. <laughs> do breathe a sigh of relief as the Patreon <laughs> continues. The way you can help us is with our merchandise store. T-shirts, masks, anything you can think of. Except that. Available <laughs> tpublic.com forward slash TSFTM. So what's left now is to do some goodbyes. So it's goodbye from myself. Goodbye and goodbye from Alex. Hang on, meatball. <laughs> I'm glad you did the accent because I was not, not going to even attempt it. Hulkamania is running wild. <laughs> and goodbye from Ben. Always remember to eat lightning and crap thunder. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Rocket machine. Stop drinking guinea pig, you've had plenty.